now we're okay. all in. Now okay. we're in. Perfect. <laughs> I have to tell you my tale of Friday that ended with the Go Fox ahead. cancellations. So Go ahead. It was a long we're, ass We're all day. feeling it. We're all feeling on the, it. On the, on the way to school, outside the school, there's a crossing, and it's one that has traffic lights and everything. So the traffic light was beeping green. I stepped in the road. I got this weird sense of dread. I heard someone <laughs> shouting. And I turned to see a car speeding. I stepped back as the car went past. Literally two seconds later, and I've been hit by a speeding car. Oh I was my so God. close to death that I kind of freaked out. And that was how I started Friday. Just going, Zoe! I nearly died. And it's a good thing. Zoe! I had my... Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy shit like that happens. I had my headphones on and the man was green. But I just felt this sense that I needed to check and hmm. I just wow. saw and I thought that car's not going to slow down and luckily I heard this other teacher like shouting for me to get out the road and so I just moved as the car whizzed through the green lights and passed me and it was just like <sighs> so I was a bit shaken for most of, of the day of course yeah, yeah of course it was yeah do so you think it's because this- like you, you think it's like it connected? Like somehow it's like oh, all the universe right now is, is going to yes. shit. Oh, so they're kept like getting worse. <laughs> yeah. like, so I get to school and I make my toasty for breakfast and I eat a cheese toasty nearly every day. But I bite into the cheese toasty and a steam bubble bursts and burns my face. No. Oh my god! god. So I, I, I was just like, ah, oh, I put it down. And then one of the because obviously you work at a school, you know there's display boards. At yeah. that moment, the display board falls off the wall at me, <laughs> missing me by like a few centimeters. This and my is like final like, destination, like yeah, death levels is coming of- after yeah. you. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy crap. I make it through the rest of the school day and I get home. And as I get home, I get a text message from my husband. I, you've seen my husband, he has a lovely long hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I get a mm-hmm. text message going, I don't mean to worry you, but I went to the hairdressers oh, and it oh went my God, wrong. No. 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 Now, and okay, so my husband promised me the one thing he would never do was cut his hair off because I can't stand it. Also, being kind of not so neurotypical, drastic changes that I'm not prepared for, right. like, just can send you into a wilderness. Yeah. So I start panicking. I get through the door and he's standing there like this. And he goes, I, tell, I asked him to take an inch off. The guy just took the clippers out and Whoa. only left him with an inch of hair on top. <gasps> all his hair's gone? His, his big locks? All they were like down to here. So I freak the fuck out. Freak <sighs> out. Full on. Yeah. I spent three hours crying. I couldn't even look at him. I lost it. I was Aww. having. And I think it's because I was so sensitive because of the near death experience. And well, that, that little thing that happened. Yeah. yeah. Where you almost and also met because your maker. I'm yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, and also I'm not very, I'm tactile defensive and I don't check the chains. There's problems that come with being SEN and stuff. It was so yeah. sad. And so he spent the rest of the evening on a thing. And then we ordered pizza to make me feel better and mm. a glass of wine. And I was relaxing. And then I found out that my best friend of 17 years decided to not, who was a bridesmaid at my wedding, was not going to get me to be a bridesmaid at her wedding, literally <sighs> as well. And I was just like, so I was heartbroken. We finally get me back down yeah. again. And then at nine o'clock, I see the post on Tumblr about the cancellation of first. It was the cancellation yeah. of Lucifer. Lucifer. And I yeah. was shocked. 
because yeah. Lucifer is popular. It's got a big fan base. A lot of the people in the Lucifer community are Exodus fans. But yeah, no, no, it's Luc- very... yeah. Then I was like, shit. Yeah. If Lucifer hasn't, and then mm. oh my god, I'm really paranoid. Then I find out that Brooklyn Nine Nine is cancelled. Yeah. I don't watch it, but it's on my watch list because everyone tells me I was I would love it. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's a really big show. And I'm like, wait a minute, they've cancelled Lucifer and Brooklyn Nine Nine. I, I don't want to look it up. And then I typed it in and obviously found out Exodus had been cancelled as well. And I yeah. was just like, you know what? I wish I never got out of bed that morning because between my, I've, I nearly lost my life. My husband lost his hair. I lost my mind. I lost my bridesmaid <laughs> position. And now I've lost some of my favourite fandoms. Anyone who follows me on Tumblr just knows yeah. I spent half my time making yeah. posts comparing like the car constantine lucifer and marcus because they're all bisexual disaster badasses that are british <laughs> it's like three british yeah. bisexual badasses with daddy issues all of them yeah. and I, I, yeah. I make weird posts about what happens if all three of them were in the same tv show and spin-offs <laughs> and what ship names would be and now i'm just like they've asked all three of those shows are gone and yeah. i'm like yeah Zoe, I'm right there with you. I'm so, so sorry to hear about your Friday. Your Friday is, I mean, all of our Fridays was terrible, you know, just being in the Exodus fandom for, you know, the idea of it being canceled. But like all the other stuff on top (laughs) of it, I want to give you like the biggest hug, like virtually. Such a bad 2,000 miles away from each other. I am so, so sorry. That is awful. Well, it's good that you're A, still alive. B, husband has hair growing technology in his biology which is yeah. nice <laughs> so yeah. that could come back and three also biggie as it pertains to this whole podcast and this show the creators are still fighting it's not yeah. over it's not over I um yeah. i just saw the yeah. messaging going around yeah. i don't know if you've all seen it yet but that <laughs> sean posted in the facebook group that they're they're taking it they're taking it other places and they're willing to go yeah. in for the long haul and what did tomas say like he said doing it whatever it takes or yeah. what do you say to Marcus? I'm doing yeah, terribly yeah, at a good pump is. up speech right now. But <laughs> he says some version of like, we'll take it as far as it goes. Yes. That yeah, was it. That's it. Yeah. Um, but it's like, that, one of the yeah. most upsetting things about it is I got really upset because Ben Daniels got yeah. upset. And I'm like, how dare you hurt Ben Daniels? How dare you hurt that beautiful man? How dare you? Hurt me. One thing, but <laughs> yeah, what he's like, he's, 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 he was gutted, and I'm like, that's what it feels like for all of us. We're all like, it feels like <laughs> in the gut. I'm literally on Friday night. We had had these plans to go to a comedy show, and the entire time I'm at this comedy show, like trying to laugh, but I'm like checking Twitter like that annoying yeah. person yeah. during a show, yeah. and checking over all these messages and like cry laughing. I'm like, <laughs> good joke, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I need this day to be over, except for the fact that I finally got to bed and then spent ages on Tumblr just refreshing the Save Lucifer and Save Exorcist like hashtags. Going, yeah. mama, 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 mama. Fox, why do you hate bisexual British people? But here's the thing about Fox. As much as I want to hate them and be like, boo, you guys can go burn and die. They yeah. honestly, they, they really did apparently like the show. They kept it on for a yeah. second season, even though it was, you know, really low rated so nothing but love to them now what i will hate on is the fact that they really didn't promote it like that was that's on them they they could have easily put it on a different time slot they could have easily done some more commercials to it or you know any commercial for it that would have been a great (laughs) great marketing plan in truth what happened what happened then is that they renewed 
for the second season before the, um, the deal with Disney was completed. We knew the moment Disney uh, took possession of Fox, um, what Disney is doing right now is to make a huge monopoly about uh, uh, TV series and production and movies. Right. Which is, which is why I think that yeah. it's a good move. If they're going to shop this around, shop it around on yeah. those platforms right now that are the wave of the future, the Netflix. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not watching Stranger Things yeah. the day it comes out. Yeah. I'm watching Stranger Things, you know, months later. I, you know, yeah. I'm like, I have it on a watch list or Amazon Prime, the Prime Video yeah. streaming services. Yeah. They're looking for content. And that's the way that people are now watching television. They're not yeah, doing it indeed. the old school way that we did when we grew up. I, 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 I remember still have TV tuned in because no, exactly. no tuning in. I watch it all through apps on my PlayStation 4. I live off yeah, Netflix, indeed. Amazon Prime, YouTube, yeah. even BBC iPlayer I go on rather than the actual BBC channel. Absolutely. So I think... If they, if if Netflix is smart or whoever is going to pick it up, Hulu, yeah. and they want to create content that is yeah. geared towards whether it's our generation or just horror fans. There's horror fans of all ages. There could be a 12 year old that's yeah. just you know really you know got got the bug, and we'll all be able to watch it in that medium. Just right now, it's it's not the traditional way, and the ratings, the old the way that they they score the ratings is still yeah. the old school way of Nielsen yeah. live action, like the yeah. the live the live viewing. It's not accurate. That's another point. They should change how you score your rating because people from outside the United States, they have a weight because we watch TV shows, we watch movies, we watch almost everything you American produce during the year. But it, it doesn't make sense that we don't have any weight when we are talking about share. Exactly. And this show has a huge international audience. There's people in yeah. Japan, there's people in exactly. England, there's people in yeah. Italy, there's people in South America. And I've seen all these people talking about this show. And the thing is, it's not taking I mean, uh, Sensei no, was saved, was, was saved yeah. more or less. So the fandom based yeah. in South America fought to have a closure. But mm -hmm. in, in yeah. truth, while the the show was aired uh, on Netflix, they didn't count. So it doesn't make sense. It really right. doesn't make sense. They should. Well, they really should change the way they they score their their sharing because. Well, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Like we, that's why I have hope because the fans have brought brought yeah. back multiple shows. I mean, just yeah. from the Brooklyn Nine Nine, you can see that a huge yeah, outcry. The day after it, got it was saved. like the day after. I mean, she was like, "Yeah, we got it," and and that is what the power of fans can do and the power of social media can do now. If we stay vocal, if we keep you know putting the hashtag out there, writing the letters in, and letting people know that are that are um, being yeah. shopped this item to the Netflix people, whoever it is that's getting it. I, I, you know, we we have that ability, we have that voice. So it's like we have to like stay fighting. I'm yeah. so hopeful yeah. now, just the fact that the creators are still hopeful. They haven't given up, yeah. even though a lot of those messages, initial messages, I was in a huge funk on Friday. Like I was, yeah. <laughs> I thought they had given up. I thought they gave up. I flip some I really <laughs> yeah, I really think the message you are talking about was written uh, in the darkest moment yeah. when he just got the email telling him that the show was. Uh, was dead and uh, yeah. 
he, he probably already knew he was going to fight for it, but uh, he was in a very bad place. Of course he was. I mean, of course, uh, come of on, course. come on. Uh, you, you, you pour really... your heart and soul into this and then to get something See? as cold as an email, an email, you don't even get a phone call? How? No, you only get a phone call if something as big as an apocalypse is, uh, is happening right now. Usually in this yeah. field, uh everything is said through emails that is yeah. the coldest possible way because uh you know i mean everyone can yeah. can hide behind the screen and write an email everyone yeah which but, seems but, like the like kind of cowardly you can't even like talk to the person directly that put their heart and soul like i'm just thinking about jeremy slater who like yeah. you can tell in all of his interviews everything he, he does is a, as as a fan of horror not as somebody that's just like oh i want to create something to make a quick buck you can tell i think he has a jaws tattoo like he was like obsessed with horror growing yeah. up and yeah. he was like i want to make something that's going to do the fans right and do horror genre right and so he yeah, collected just, uh... this people or these groups of people around him that felt similarly oh. about horror oh. and 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 to have all that poured in your heart and then be like nope sorry out of genre is very and the pretty. critics love the show as well it's just what's insane it's like when you see all the critic reviews um the exorcist television show has a higher rotten tomato score than the original movie what yeah the original movie's got 82 percent on rotten tomatoes the tv show has 86 that's awesome i didn't know that but i believe it yeah yeah you see, gen uh, horror genre is uh, very tricky. Uh, the first thing my American teacher taught me the first day of school while I was uh, working through my degree in uh, screenwriting was, uh, okay, there are two genres that are very tricky. They can ruin your career. One is the porn. <laughs> And the second is over. Oh, that yeah. difficult porn yeah. industry. And yeah, and, wait, and, and, and God forbid and you get about... into the porn slash horror genre. That's the <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay, that's that's too much even for Actually, me. But, I wrote a dissertation but... on the horror porn movement in Japan, so I know a lot about Nikki Tatsu. Yeah, really, the, the extreme horror <laughs> porn industry. Yeah. Oh my gosh! The things I can yeah. tell you. But, I would... <laughs> Yeah. We I want to hear about it. Not now, but what? I want to hear about that. <laughs> no, about porn, the thing is, it's so easy to enter the industry because you never, you'd never think about this. They are always looking for writers. You think in the porn industry, they are looking for actors more than for anything else because usually the script is not that complicated, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, come on. We bang now? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly, more or less. And no, instead, they are looking, always looking for writers. I don't know why, but they are. But totally as right my teacher industry. used to say, yeah, as my teacher, uh, used to say it's so easy to go into the porn industry and ride and be paid because if you want they pay you yeah. only problem is you cannot come back no you cannot go from the porn back to the normal entertainment industry 
Right, right. Because I would even think if you kept it off your resume, they would still look you up and your name's going to be attached to (laughs) to super hot cheerleader girls part seven. (laughs) (laughs) So what can we do now? Like right now, I think we're all still like reeling and still trying to like take this all in the news. And uh, I know that there's a movement right now going online just you know, very informally, the the hashtag Save the Exorcist, whether you're yeah. on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Snapchat, everywhere. Just, yeah. just, you know, what, tw- share yeah. it. What's nice is that I was, because obviously I'm also doing the Save Lucifer thing at the same time, and people from the Lucifer fandom are promoting the hashtag for the Exorcist. I the saw Brooklyn that. The Brooklyn nine fans are supporting the Exorcist and Lucifer. And it turns out that these shows have this nice collective fan base. And it's just, it's one of the, I've got to say, it's one of the nicest things I've seen in fandom. Yeah. When fandoms are all fighting over goodness knows what at the moment the ship wars that are coming out of the Avengers films like oh my god people stop killing each other right and I'm just I'm just gonna sit over here in my Iron Strange corner and not admit it in case the Sony fans come after me and I'm just like no no I like it so we are we are I am a Sony fan so we are you didn't know yeah oh no no oh yes Sony fans are not happy with us Iron Strangers. We're like, yes, yeah, I know. And one of these weird new Iron Strange fans that have appeared out of nowhere going, oh, I like that. We need to also make sure that everybody knows that there's a petition going around too. There's a petition, there's an official one. Um, What we'll do is I have it in my Twitter profile. I'll put in the tumblers, you know, continue to share it, retweet it. The um, petition to save the exorcist. We're trying to reach a thousand signatures by the end of today. Um, again, we're a smaller, more intimate fandom, so I think our strength comes not from our numbers, but by how um, vocal and verbal we are with our letter writing, yeah. um, art creation to all those artists that are out there. There are so many. I think this has like the most talented concentration of artists out there in terms of uh, whether it's a fan art for the show or a mood board, anything that you can create to show your love with the hashtag Save the Exorcist, um, sign the petition. I know that um, at Vulcantastic is about to do a campaign, a letter writing campaign. She's organized a few of them in the past. Um, so thank you, Jenna, for doing that, organizing all that. So follow at Vulcantastic if you are on Tumblr, if you're interested in getting more into the letter writing campaign of it. Um, so we can just do whatever that we can to to share our love and support yeah. and, and to support Sean Crouch and Jeremy's later because I think they're the ones that are, you know, out there continuing to be like, okay, this is what we have. Who wants it? Who wants it? Um, yeah. I think one thing is like, because I don't know how like things air in America apart from on TV and stuff, but because I watch a lot of my things on Amazon Prime and obviously Amazon Prime is A, it's simul airing Lucifer. So the same day it comes out in America is the same day it turns up on prime in the uk so that's how i watch it yeah and also i watch the exorcist on prime because it's got it all on there so to anyone who's uk and wants to watch the exorcist so just go to prime and watch it and just yeah. share yes. the prime link everywhere because yeah. the more people that tune into prime especially since prime has both those shows mm. i'm like i'm hoping prime picks them both up because yeah. prime does original yeah, content does. yes and it's making good money it's got and also prime is better for horror than Netflix is. Like Prime has stronger horror films and stuff on it. It has a stronger horror and it's got loads of shows like From Beyond, load of paranormal investigation shows, nice. things like Law, 
Lore. And that's what, and that's Sean's other project. He just got signed on. Sean Crouch just got signed off to be, I think, the executive oh. producer of Lore. Yeah, he's in Prague right now. Yeah doing uh oh, they're doing oh, scouting yeah. and and, and uh, project creation i don't know what goes into it i'm yeah. not in that world but all i know is from the tweets and the conversations yeah, Laura's yeah but Laura's a pretty a pretty so, good one too that amazon backs so and why yeah, not and it's just been like renewed for a second season yeah. and it's an amazon prime like amazon original so i'm just hoping that because prime is such yeah. a good community for horror that they see the potential, but won't unless loads of fans go on and watch it. Like, let's all go on simultaneously and all just start yeah, watching The Exorcist. Yeah, right. That's right. got to count as votes, hasn't it? Absolutely. Like, There's a, yeah, I, I think that somehow generates, like, they get some analytics on their end, Amazon does and Netflix, and or um, yeah. Hulu, Hulu too. Exorcist is on Hulu. So if you're watching it on Hulu as well, that's also going to help. Hulu has a problem. Hulu belongs to Disney. Oh. So it, oh. it, yeah, it's possible that it could be used to to share their shows. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, this, when Disney bought Fox, uh, it also bought both sixty uh, percent of Hulu. So really? it's uh, the majority. Yeah. I feel very strongly right now that we are in a true David and Goliath story. We're, we're this tiny little fandom that is super passionate. That's like, <laughs> we will bring it back. So in true David form, um, we I feel like not only are we going to continue this podcast, we're going to make it like louder and stronger as possible to make sure that we yeah. can get the word out about the campaigns. We're not yeah. giving up. We will continue to do what we do. That's that's just that's just the spirit of what Tomas and Marcus would want. Like <laughs> keep pushing back yeah. that darkness. Yeah. And continue your podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So then we gotta start taking the show on the road, girls. We've got to start going to the convention, setting right. up our little booth, going, Yay, Exodus Podcast and doing <laughs> some panels. Yeah, yeah. And getting pe- and getting people to come and listen to us go, You really should be watching the show, it's amazing. <laughs> These are all the reasons why. These are the reasons. <laughs> Reason the yeah. first. Uh yeah. sad, soft priests that are in love with each other. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so yeah. let's continue strong and this is technically our episode nine rewatch episode so (laughs) are you guys ready to fight with me and do this in in the badass uh exorcist form that we have and and stay as totally gonna mark as keen this we're gonna kick down a door we're gonna get drowned freaking fox in a bathtub and go yeah we're taking (laughs) it on to the yes. yes taking this as far as it goes exactly okay well i am pumped i am so pumped <laughs> let's go well <laughs> today we're watching episode nine the title of it is 162 and uh it is the penultimate episode before we get to the big finale where the kind of tides of turn pazuzu now has the power and is gonna wreak havoc on the entire family because now he thinks that he has the um the upper hand and is going to just go and throw his giant tantrum all across and make everybody feel the pain. So that's our summary. And, uh, well, let's get into it. Our in traditional form, we talk about that opening sequence, thoughts, feedback, concerns, questions. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've got to say for this opening and the rest of the episode that, uh, Gina Davis's acting is amazing yes her acting from going from angela to pazuzu and just being able to pull off just everything that makes pazuzu pazuzu 
but yeah oh my goodness her styling out everything in this episode was just like a performance was phenomenal and i've yeah so from that very first moment where they have the opening and first you see the birdie so it's like follow the birdie and you see the bird fly around and then there's the reveal and what i loved was you see the head spin as you would be seeing it from like the point of view who someone's so normally you just think it's the person's head is spinning yeah that the idea knowing that it's actually the presence turning yeah. it round yeah and then and then how everything just goes still it's just like oh everything just freezes and then yeah and then Angela says yes to Pazuzu it's just such a powerful opening sequence yeah absolutely awesome. yeah absolutely and it makes you think about another very powerful scene with the turning head and everything and you think if maybe that wasn't just the first attempt to corrupt Marcus when Gabriel dies in front of his eyes you really watching this new scene you really have to wonder if perhaps that wasn't just the first stone to build something that could lead to Marcus' corruption. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, the, the connection, the parallels always goes back to that head spinning. They're, they love, because the, exactly. the iconography of it is, of course, goes back to the yeah. 70s movie, but then you have Gabriel doing it from episode one, and then you have here with the image of him physically turning her face, which also resonates deeply with a lot of us because as, as people who have been in that world of somebody who is more powerful than you physically doing things uh, to you, that can cause this kind of trauma, just the act of putting hands on her head, um, it, it, it yeah. strikes a chord and uh, it makes you feel so deeply and so unnerved the way that the best horror can do it. And it's not horror that's just like about, yeah. look at this blood, look at this. It's just so unnerving because I think the greatest horror always toes that line of what is true to human humanity and what's true to the darkest parts of our humanity. And that right there, when he does that, it's so sick and, 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 and twisted, no pun intended, uh, but it, yeah. it really is. Uh, it, it, yeah. it, it struck, it struck my heart pretty yeah. deeply. Yeah. Um, true. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, to your point to Gina Davis's acting in this episode. Yes, yes, yes. Because, I, I wrote down somewhere, it's just like, she does such a good job of playing. I don't know if somebody gave her this direction, but all I could think of is, you are a demon wearing a human suit. You are. <laughs> and she, and, yeah. and everything about her voice when she's acting out Pazuzu in this entire yeah. episode, it, you can you can see yeah. it's not it's not Angela's character. It is this otherworldly uh, force that and it's not over the top she doesn't she doesn't do things that are like mm, like stroking her beard like trying to like uh show off a, she does it in a subtle way and i was like good god gina davis i have so much respect yeah. for her right now because every little nuanced thing she does is this kind of condescending even like just a, a look down at somebody else and that little smile because you can yeah. tell what did she say about yeah. that knowing yeah. smile yeah a knowing yeah. smile she's not doing a tantrum i'm doing a victory lap and then boom so she really is an angel looking down at humanity and knowing she is better and we find out yeah. this this yeah. parallel yeah. with the angels and the demons and we find out in this episode why uh, they are so pissed off at the pope 
it's not because he's the Pope that that alone would have been a good enough reason, right? If you want to take down something, mm-hmm. you start with the head. You cut the head, the body is gone. Right. No, it's not because he is the Pope. It's because he doesn't believe in angels. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And he also, didn't he refuse? Yes, didn't they also refused. reveal that they hate and him because he refused, he refused the, the, the Volcanical Valley? He refused Valley? the immortality. He refused the eternity. And that's something that the demons cannot forgive and forget. <laughs> they're also pissed because I can just imagine that scene where they're like, hey, Pope, um, so we have this ash here and it can basically turn you into one of us. So what do you want to do? And he's just, he tells them, I'm good, yeah. hard pass. I just want to imagine that scene yeah. where they're all like, how dare you not want to be one of I us? I have a very bad dust allergy. You know what? I will begin to sneeze and cough. No, no, no. Keep your dust for yourself, Okay. <laughs> exactly Pope out I'm done (laughs) next (laughs) the scene also before it goes to the introduction has that scene where the lieutenant recognizes Pazuzu when they first touch yes I thought that was cool because that's another kind of big theme of this episode where we get a sense of Pazuzu's power just in the sheer fear and the reactions of the other demons and we could also yeah. And when you first oh, watch- sorry, we could also call this episode uh, "Lay Down," lower, lower, and lower because it's Father Simon's <laughs> life story. In this episode, you find out what his role in the whole show is. He must lay down lower. Lay down, and not only lay down, but kiss yeah. the high heel. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. Back to normal, more or less. Back to normal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Back to reality. So, that was our introduction. Do you, shall we, do we have any other lasting thoughts on the intro? Otherwise, we have the the next scene oh before yeah just just before the, the the family meal stuff it's the bit when they take casey home yeah oh yes and yeah. it's a very short scene yes. very short scene but what i liked about it is as they're going in and it's how purposely pazuzu stands on the word god of the poster yeah. oh yeah so if any part of the poster is that like, i'm just going to stand right on the word god yet stomped on that disrespect everywhere oh look chris is dead disrespect everywhere i do not give a flying monkey <laughs> but it was like so delicious Deliberate in the like, yeah, I stand on you. Yeah, I have no respect. Ah. <laughs> Out of contempt. They do a lot. But another little thing is uh, the three dogs. The, that oh, yes, see, yes. That we see for yes. a moment. And I have a theory about the those three dogs that I will talk about in the writing room. But three dogs that are looking the same, three heads, blah, 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 and we can think about Cerberus. Ah, <laughs> oh, Cerberus. I, I, that never occurred yeah, to me. Exactly. Please explain <laughs> that, because I vaguely remember that from my seventh grade one class on mythology. Okay. What is okay. that? <laughs> okay. Uh, I wanted to tell him. In- I've been reading Percy Jackson, so I'm like, I know Cerberus. He was in the Percy Jackson books. I know this. Yes. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, in the Greek mythology, Cerberus is the guardian of the gates of hell. You are permitted to enter, 
But if a soul tries to leave hell, Cerberus will devour it, destroying it completely. Nice. Yeah. Epic. I like it. That could be a reason if three dogs that could represent the guardian of the gates of hell are the only ones facing Angela, who is obviously Pazuzu, like a reminder, you weren't supposed to go out. Okay, this this could be a little victory for you, but remember, if you ever comes back to hell, we are going to make sure you are not to leave again. <laughs> would you say would you say that uh the three dogs uh that guard hell that anybody tra- that tries to leave it would be it'd be really rough for them? Oh yeah. <laughs> it, do you think they would be like, "Hey guys, y'all have to oh. y'all have to pause. You have to pause cuz I'm going to devour your Oh. <laughs> oh, I think I cried a little bit inside. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I need, I need oh. any, I need any kind of joy right now after Friday. I'm still, I like, still like, still reeling from this cancellation. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> anything else before the big dinner with the rances scene? Any others? No, no. We can go to dinner. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Um, so the dinner with the Rances, we have them, you know, around the table. And in this scene, they're about to say grace. And we see a little bit uh, more of that condescending nature from Pazuzu. No, just straight up evil nature from wait, Pazuzu. Wait, 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 wait a moment. Wait a moment. We are... We, 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 exactly. We lost oh, one of the most beautiful scene in the whole show. Marcus. I am, I am dropping the ball on this scene thing. Marcus. I'm sorry. Marcus in all his glory. Marcus exactly. Marcus in all his glory. You know, making bad puns and forgetting Marcus. You are traumatized. Yeah, yeah, yeah you are. See what Peanut. the cancellation did to me? See what the cancellation did to me? I am just all out of sorts. I have lost my priorities. I've lost my yeah, focus. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, you did. Come on, Tina. First, you totally doesn't even give a moment of your time to Bennett. Now you... Yeah. You forget about Marcus. Marcus, in all his leathery glory, with his leather jacket, <laughs> yeah. and oh, the leather oh daddy look. God. This episode was just like, hello, oh my, hello, oh. no, no, no. I was like, oh, hello, my hormones. Where are you going exactly? And all my hormones were around my <laughs> TV screen. That. Come, on, come back to me the way they're photographing him and i'm just yeah. like yeah you take those pictures yeah you walk towards yeah. the camera yeah work it baby yeah yeah walk in photos i'll get a copy yes. of those please yeah, Thank yeah. You. and we know and we oh. know the photographer oh. was a wire come on he was a wire yeah oh it's a very yeah wire. yeah oh. it was oh, yeah. come on it's all that like you know female gaze kind of like through the lens objectification but like, but also framed really nicely and with that really dynamic sense. And but at the same time, it's giving you a little moment to be yeah. a voyeur. You're like, oh, I'm looking yeah. at Marcus. It's through a yeah. camera lens, so I know it's okay for me to be going. <laughs> I'm stalking <Yeah>. you. Yes. <laughs> Walk for me, boy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this next scene is is it is the dinner scene here, and yeah. I. I 
all I know is that I felt so bad for Kat because she clearly doesn't know what's happening with her mother. Casey's kind of hip to it. She knows that yeah, something's yeah. up. But Kat's like, grandmother just passed away when we're doing our prayers because not only does Angela say, oh, we're going to toast to family and to each other. And Kat's like, and to grandma who died on our stairs today. I like... I. I Cat is coming yeah. from a place of just sheer, you know, shock after this huge trauma, and mom doesn't even connect right now. Uh, well, yeah. so do yeah. we? Uh, what? Yeah. Well, what I found interesting is no matter how present Pazuzu physically is in that scene, and it's like, like, look at this lovely meal and things. It's so how completely absent from the situation Pazuzu is as well. So yeah. it's a presence there, but everything Pazuzu does in that scene is like in in its own world it's eats separately it's pouring itself a drink it's not engaging in the conversation not engaging in the tone on the reflection in the prayer it's totally keeping itself separate from this family yet at the same time being like yay i'm part of this family look at my new family that i'm totally going to torture later but right uh, but and just yeah the tone that you mentioned exactly because everybody is in this very human moment of grief and and pain and Henry is speaking up for the first time in a, in a long while and he and Pazuzu goes out and says oh look at the little chatterbox over here and it's so cold uh it's yeah. it, uh, all of that is just uh they do they do a good job yeah. of making these scenes yeah. really yeah icky yeah make, making the, the unnaturalness of having a yeah. demon at dinner yeah. That's like exactly it. Yeah. And right. another thing in that scene that really hit me hard is how during the whole thing, Casey is like in the background. She doesn't take hands with the family. She doesn't speak. It's like she's not even there. She looks at everything yeah. that is happening. Yeah. She's already starting to realize something is very wrong. But at the same time, she's like not a part of this family anymore. And we, begins, we right. begin to see the destruction left behind after a possession. And, and what she's, the way that she's acting, that's exactly right, that, that she's acting in a way that I think anyone who's gone through this kind of ordeal would do they 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 go inward and are and are so hurting so much that they need others to come around them and bring them in but she's not getting any of that from her mother you would think who is especially somebody who's gone through that she and so it's jarring for her because it's she's in this moment of, of, of it's like someone has sliced her open and no one is there to to comfort her and kind of help her heal back up i mean her family's around there but the the one person the one person uh, that you that she would be able to connect with and feel some of that healing energy from she's not getting any of that which is which is so unnatural but you don't know the so so in this next scene we have uh Henry and Thomas sit down together I think this is one of the first scenes that they have together privately in I think ever since that second episode where Henry tells him where to go and and I'm glad that they put this in here because it's actually the first time that Thomas addresses the whole Henry, you kind of were the one person that led me to not only Marcus, but to, to St. Aquinas, to my mission. To, you, you got me on my quest. 
Um, and that's and then we also see that Henry reveals to him that there are these voices still within him, whether it's God or what it is. I, I think it's God, but there are voices inside of yeah, him that are telling him what to do. So, so they're chattering, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it's nice for Henry to hear that even though he was kind of lost in his own illness and his mental state at the time, that he was a lifelink for Thomas to save his daughter. To be able to get that piece of knowledge that. Thomas believes God spoke for him, but he was the one that pointed Thomas in the direction to find Marcus. It gives it gives Henry a sense of something good came, even though he didn't fully understand it, it wasn't completely in control. He did something good, and that's got to be a really nice kind of feeling, especially when all this crazy shit's going down, to know that you did something that, like, yeah, helped save your daughter. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's and like... Um, it's it's his role is finally recognized in the whole story, not only as the head of the family, but also as someone who actively participated in saving Casey. Right. I I I love that the writers continued this story about God's messages don't have to come from you know, some huge, loud, you know, yeah. person that's going to yell his message out to you. It comes in these subtle ways and it comes through the meek, you know, the, the, yeah. those, the poorest within us and he's injured and, and the fact that the message comes from him and a, and a second message comes to him. Uh, that's a message of hope for yeah. me is like, we, we continue, to, we should continue yeah. to look to yeah. our, those among us in our world yeah. that are um, hurting uh, because sometimes they're the ones that can give us the most good and to continue that. Battle and that's good. beautifully. So, um, I love Henry's, Henry's character. That's awesome. beautifully pointed out uh, uh, in the parallel between uh, St. Anthony and St. Bridget, the way one parish can disappear for the high rank of the church because Thomas is mean for something higher. Thomas doesn't need to waste his time with the poor people when the most important church in Chicago is ready for him. But Thomas is not one of them. Thomas is not into the political games. Thomas is a priest of the people like Jesus wanted the church to be when he began his mission. When he chose the 12 apostles, he chose them between the people, not between the high ranks, not between the doctors, not between the, the powerful, but they were fishermen. They were people who worked in construction, they were people. They weren't the rulers. You, you, you could say the exact same thing. Exactly. I agree completely. Marcus, yeah. too. His allies are not the high exactly. priests in, in the parish. It's Lester and Cherry. Exactly. Who, what do they run? The, the movable deceased yes. man? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're... Yeah. they're people and they're good people and it's marcus who uh, warns thomas about the danger he is facing now because now he belongs to the higher ranks 
and the higher he goes, the more dangerous his life will uh, will become. Because uh, absolutely, the higher you go in the hierarchy, and the easier is for people who hate you to make you fall down. But I am ready for the next scene. I am so ready. All right, yeah, the biggie. Okay, well, this is okay. This is a big one. Okay, because I think <laughs> this is a part that all, on all my notes, I'm like, yeah, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Yeah, the power of Pazuzu yeah. scene, right? This one is the power of Pazuzu in front of uh, all of the yes. other demons, and uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty strong entrance. You know, I feel like in the director notes when they're talking to Angela or uh, to Gina Davis about walking in, they're like, "Walk in like you own everything," and she does. <laughs> And she does. Pazuzu does, at least. Uh, Pazuzu is the one who is recognized in a moment. And it's so beautiful. That scene is so powerful. And I want her shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Power shoes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I want those shoes. I I need them. I need them. It's a mighty need I have. Right. So she has a power walk. She has a power stare. Obviously, this is the first time we see Pazuzu exude such a power over other demons, which I'm glad that they went that way. I'm glad that they included this kind of supernatural demonic link that they have with each other that people in higher ranks are able to like physically force people down on their knees, you know, through that weird, I don't know, demonic telekinesis that they have, (laughs) whatever it is. But it's cool to see and them all falling except for Maria. And we have to talk about Maria because I love her. I love her. And I, I feel for her. And you still have hope because after the way Pazuzu treated her, you still have hope that she will see light. You still have hope that she will free herself from this huge situation that is bigger than herself. I have a feeling right now, uh, I have a feeling that Maria started to work with them without really knowing what that would mean in the long run. I have a feeling she just wanted the power to free herself from her husband. We know uh, he was an older man, he was a rich man, and she was more or less the typical trophy wife. Uh, he was too... Mm. So, oh, so at some point, I think she saw this as her only chance to get free from his influence, from his shadow. But I have a feeling she didn't know exactly what she was walking into. And even now, after Pazuzu basically tells her, you are not good enough for us, you still have hope that she can free herself because she chose as a kind of slavery to free herself from another slavery. Because if that's yeah, that's so interesting to me that you say that because this entire time I've watched Maria and I love her and I'm constantly asking myself like why am I rooting for Maria? She wants to be a demon and she's pretty evil. But the fact that the 
that you're underlying kind of that that subtle her desire to get this power so she can break free of another kind of oppression. Yeah. That's what I think I couldn't put my finger on. I couldn't figure out why I liked her so much. And that, again, is a testament to how the writers can create a character so well that they don't have to say, Maria's entire background is that she came from this oppressive, you know, husband that treated her poorly. And that's why she's... No, they do it in a way just visually in those past episodes where you have this other, this this figure that... But now that makes so much sense. It's like, okay... I'm not an evil person for rooting for a no, person who wants to be no, a demon. <laughs> no, you're not. Because no. she re I really think that she sees this opportunity as her only chance to get free. She was, she was caged yeah. in a golden cage, but still a cage, all her life long. Yeah. So she, she saw, right. she saw yeah. what her husband's power brought him and she wants the same but she wants the same she wants the power only to get free that's how terrible the lies demons can tell you are because in mm -hmm. and, and no, no, uh, mm -hmm. in their golden words in their sugar-coated words they promised her the only thing she really wanted freedom mm -hmm. and and how evil again amazing writing that pazuzu parrots back the darkest deepest fear that she has about herself he says to her exactly what those little voices in her head tell her every day as someone as you who's usually a victim of some side of of oppression or, or abuse which is that you are desperate that you have the smell of you is notes of mediocrity. This kind of feeling that you are not worthy and you're not good enough. Yeah. Um, all that negative self-talk that I think a lot of people in those positions may go through and to hear it out loud. Yeah. Oh my God, I felt so bad for her. And I just wanted to like, <laughs> be like, no, no, Maria, you are worthy of a demon. I'm telling you, and you're awesome. And <laughs> from someone who got the power because we just saw Pazuzu force everyone to bow at his feet. So it was clear Pazuzu has the power. Pazuzu is the most powerful. And when the most powerful, like an husband can be in her life, tells her aloud, you are not good enough. You will never be one of us because you are not good enough. That destroys your self-esteem because it's what probably her husband told her again and again and again so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel for maria i, I, I even if i even if no, I yeah, know it's... that it's not <laughs> yeah. going to happen i really feel for her i want her to to get free to really get free yeah talking about talking about right which is why right yeah yeah again like i love that we root for every like so many characters here even the ones that are supposedly the really bad ones except for pazuzu but we we really get invested in them yeah maria especially um any any other thoughts on that sequence marcus working the filing cabinets <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what that obviously sticks out what? to me. Marcus working those filing cabinets. Tell me. <laughs> the... 
if the what I'm calling the Marcus sexy lean, where you see the pan of him and he's kind of leaning yeah. back and somehow just making filing cabinets looking sexy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I can I can make filing cabinets look hot. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh Marcus, oh you beautiful man that literally drips off furniture before you made a door frame look hot. <laughs> and in this episode, you managed to make filing cabinets go, oh yeah. <laughs> He really knows how to work his office furniture. Like, dude, yeah. I'm thinking of like the calendar. I mean, I'm sure really the, important. the calendar edition of Marcus leaning on various objects every every month as I'm leaning yeah. on a filing cabinet and then like a yeah. dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he just he makes it work. Yeah, but he does. That would be the only like, way people could get me into agreeing to have a 24 months year long. If you give me 24 months, yeah, yeah, that's the 24. only way. Yeah, see, it there wasn't so hard. I have an idea. We should make a Marcus Keane calendar and sell it, and the proceeds can go to the TV show. Go, come on, we'll sell Marcus Keane calendars and help fund the next TV show. Because everyone I... would totally want that. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone must want Marcus Keane. And he'll just have all those shots of him like, I'm leaning on the <laughs> I'm eating some corn. Here is me on a filing Here cabinet. Here is me with apples. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Apples. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like... I would buy that. Just like... Uh, I would totally buy the sexy... I'm going to make it the sexy market. I want 1,000 of Totally up for that. I want yeah, to, exactly. to really put them everywhere in my house and everywhere. Okay, okay. We need, we need... What month is it? Well, this month is filing cabinet lean month. How do we get Ben Daniels to support this so that way we can just get photos of him in his leather daddy, combat boots wearing, <laughs> badass soft priest shoutiness into a 24-month yeah. calendar? I don't know, but we'll find a way. When there's a will, yeah. there's a way. <laughs> when there's a will. We'll find a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Again, <laughs> back to normal. Yeah. Okay. So hot. Yeah. We're, yeah. yeah to, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure there was a very serious conversation, <laughs> but all I wrote about was a sexy Marcus leaning. He works the filing cabinets. They touch shoulders. He totally misses Tomas. <laughs> I don't know what Tomas says anything, but I was too busy going, oh. Filing cabinets. Oh, they're touching shoulders. Oh, <laughs> something happens. But he goes like, "Oh yeah," and he's totally saying like, "No, I miss you." It's like, he's like, "I'll miss this place." No, you miss you miss him. Tomas. You don't miss this place. You miss Tomas. Let's get to the root of it. Don't lie to yourself. Be honest. <laughs> you will miss Mar yeah. uh, Tomas. Come on, right. that's clear. Everyone knows that. Yeah. I mean, the dude walks through the door, <laughs> and, he's, and he's like. <laughs> Like so, Tomas comes through the door and it's like, oh, picking locks. And then Marcus is like, I'm sexily leaning on a cabinet. What do you think of my skills? And Tomas is like, he's like, no, no one stands around casually waiting for their friend to walk into a room like that. Quick, quick! I can hear him coming through the door. Prop myself up. Yeah, hey. Well, hello. Well, no. The next one that I have commentary on is is the is the no. big Mother Bernadette death scene. No. I'm such a buzzkill. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like talking about all these great yeah. things and Marcus looking beautiful, and then Mother Bernadette dies. <laughs> but then after that, 
is that's I call I call them the, the Scooby Doo gang. Yeah. But that's when Marcus yeah. finds the Scooby Doo gang dead is the next scene. So we go from like, oh, sexy leaning to, oh, I like those guys. You annoyed me at first, but now I've grown to love yeah. you. And like, don't. Yeah. Like yeah, that was and hard to watch. Like- and I and I kind of knew it was coming that they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't survive the series. But God, I hope they come back somehow, like just in ghost yeah. form. I Indeed. love them so they much. They were so good. They really were so good. And the core of, yeah. of this whole episode is yeah. Marcus finding out two things one that is going to lose how to look good on filing cabinet <laughs> three, things, three things number one, number one. how number good one. is lining against things number two uh he's yeah. going to lose everything he loves because uh, like he yeah. always said the life of an exorcist is a life of sacrifice and number three is starting to realize that all this mess could have its root in one simple act. He's been targeted. The demons want him in their ranks. Because when he yeah. sees Father Simon in the picture, and he, he says he was a counselor at St. Aquinas, he was looking over, watching over me. Hmm. And then he begins to realize, you know what? Maybe they don't want me dead. They want something so much worse for me. They want me to be one mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Poor, poor Marcus. Yeah, I think I think we said in a previous episode that it really felt like they were trying yeah. to recruit yeah. him. Yeah. And then we got the and proof in this exactly. one. Like, That's definitely their agenda. Exactly. We got confirmation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's not so happy about this confirmation because he's like, hmm, why do I have a feeling I am in even bigger troubles than usual? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Mother Bernadette dies and I will never forgive the riders for that. Never. Yeah, yeah, but, know, I, but it was necessary. Really they needed to. They need to again have those those big moments where we know that the ones that are fighting yeah. the good yeah. fight, they become yeah. those martyrs for the cause. And Mother Bernadette, she is yeah. one of those. I love how she does it so like bravely too. Everything on her and, face. Yeah. yeah, and she she tells us that she's probably even stronger than Thomas and Marcus put together. What she says to Pazuzu, I felt you the moment you arrived. She mm-hmm. knew. She knew yeah. that wasn't Angela Rance. She knew that was the demon they thought they exercised. So she probably was even more powerful than Tomas with his gift. And of course she's gone. Yeah. She's, she's definitely an, an, an Obi-Wan figure, an Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of thing, like where it's like, I know that you are yeah. this great evil but I'm yeah. still going to, you know, fight and not I'm not going to be afraid. She doesn't, she doesn't not, put her tail between her legs. She is a, she's no, a badass. Absolutely. And yeah, she, she knows death is coming yeah. for her. And she calls him a child throwing a tantrum. Yeah. yeah, she was so good. I know. It's just like, and those two scenes back to back is, oh, sorry. No, the two scenes back to back just shows like Marcus is kind of like, how much is it's all going to start affecting him because even with like the previous scene 
the bit that always gets to me is like he's found this murder and it's horrific, but he takes the time to to put their hands together. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's such a little yeah. moment, and it's just like because he knows that they were a couple, and he he just and then and then then he goes for Winchester, and you know he's gonna go after Pazuzu yeah. now, and then you see what's happening to Bernadette, and you're like, oh god, that's really gonna break his heart. Yeah. But. Her strength and it is that Obi Wan thing because she knows death is coming, but she knows that her death will only make Marcus stronger and more resilient and more focused to make sure that he like can avenge her and can fight. But it just gets so much worse, and before it gets any better. Right, right. The uh, the next one I have here is with Casey and her mother in the scene where they're saying Ooh, um yes. uh, it's it's pretty dark as well the conversation that that they have together because Casey again yeah. is reaching out for connection and unknowingly is talking to Pazuzu the actual person that's hurting her the the language and the implications in this are are pretty something and it just basically Firms everything that I think about possession as a metaphor for rape culture and rape, and it's all about it's all about power plays and possession, and the fact that rape is never about sex; it's about power plays and possessing something. And the language is so in line with that. Everything that Pazuzu says in this about being deep yeah. inside and then feeling empty is so the language of that yeah. of a rapist, and so like, and also. Casey's reaction to everything that's happened to her is as a, a rape survivor and a rape victim. Everything, the way she's withdrawing, she's uncomfortable about what's happened. She feels shame. And then Pazuzu is taking that shame and going, oh, the reason you feel shame is because he secretly you, you enjoyed it, him, didn't yeah. you? Which is such a, such a kind of language of a predator to make someone question like that especially such an innocent girl because that's why so many people don't come forward as victims mm -hmm. of rape because they secretly think that maybe they did ask right. for it or maybe they did enjoy it and that it was coming to them and it's the fact that even like Pazuzu even says that like you know yeah you enjoyed it you were asking for it and it was just yeah he says oh, you it he was says so oh, you fell horrible. in love with him yeah yeah, yeah, that's there's that is, no love involved here. That's terrible. No, it's just it's dominance and oh, it's horrible. Right. No, and and the the script itself is is done very well. It's still very respectful, I think, of people who have gone through that because they can again go very easily into a a villain voice that uh, uses more like uh, trite tropes. Um, when it comes to to victims of this kind of yeah. abuse of power, and they do it still so delicately and so respectfully of Casey's situation, people who've gone through that, yeah. um, everything that they do in this show, I just I I just very much am, uh, appreciative. But yeah, but to add a social commentary on sexual abuse into this and treat it with respect, and to kind of really see how these attackers and these predators manipulate language and feeling and vulnerability of young girls and to put it in this form of this demon and then they make it so much worse because it's the body of right. the mother and therefore that gives that extra level of not totally understanding or totally like able to say actually I'm a victim and put that doubt into Casey that maybe 
maybe she did kind of deserve it a bit because she let mm-hmm. it happen. And that's another way to keep someone, their power down and to stop them from, you know, up saying help or being or being vocal because it puts that horrible, like, mental pressure on them. And it's just, it's such a horrible scene, but at the same time, really kind of powerful. And, and, and no, and I love that they also transition right into a scene that has a male figure involved too. The next scene where we have Henry and this predator, mm. this predator figure is still continuing those same lines of, of, he says, he just straight out says, take your pants off and, and to Henry and you see, and visually, and this could speak a little bit to your cinematography experience. Maybe Zoe is how physically it yeah. looks like the Pazuzu character is over Henry. Who's being put on the, on yeah. on the bed and is continuing to force these lines of of uh just do this you're you're going to do this for me and he's yeah. obviously in an air in in a place of discomfort you know at first he's into it but he's something is off and that is what uh true predators do so well is to make you feel like this vulnerable like you want this take this and, and, and I think that's, again, what true horror is. What they do so well here is to continue to create these themes that touch right into the truth of the darkest parts of our human spirit that um, to, that sheds a little bit of light on it and makes us feel that this is not just a supernatural fantasy world. This is something that happens every day, and it reminds yeah. you of, of what happens to people every day. Now that, that whole scene with Henry is exactly that. It's why horror is so good is because horror gives us an outlet to kind of feel and experience and work through real things. And obviously, sexual abuse is a very real thing. And the fact that you're right, they give it, they also say that this also can happen mm-hmm. to men. It's not just exactly. like victims don't have to be female. They don't have to be young. This. It, happens to everything and the way Pazuzu does the seduction is so like it's all about Mm -hmm. dominance and it's all about possessing and it's exactly like it's just demonic like possession but this time Pazuzu is being the dominant force and also it's cut in a way that you don't actually ever see anything Mm -hmm. sexual even though like Henry takes his pants off they don't eroticize it they don't fantasize it they don't even put a millimeter of romance or actual sex and eroticism in it there's none of it it's a it's a it's working up to a sex scene that's devoid of sex love affection and it's all about pazuzu dominating and all about pazuzu getting off on pain Mm -hmm. and suffering to the point that literally trying to get off and it does a thing that you know you're saying interesting the things i know about the japanese porn industry it's one of the things in japan and which is reflected in the scene is they can't show certain things they can't show certain aspects of sex and body parts and they can't like you know show coming and stuff so they use violence as a metaphor for sex it's like if you've ever watched an anime and a character has right, a nosebleed it basically means that character's mm-hmm. ejaculating mm-hmm. Because that's how they, that's because they can't show ejaculation, so they show blood, and it works into their porn industry as well. And it's that whole idea that a sexual act can sometimes be shown as a violent act because acts of violence kind of can give off the same like euphoria, adrenaline as the act mm-hmm. of having sex. So when a character such as Bazuzu starts throttling someone, it's a it could be seen as a sexual act, but it's also an act of yeah. pain and harm. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is horrible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's all about control mm-hmm. because rape—it's about control. 
and what Pazuzu is doing is controlling why uh, Angela is strangling Henry. It's controlling. One way to survive is breathing. Mm -hmm. So it's all about control. It, it was uh, a, such an oppressive scene because you knew it was so wrong. You knew what was happening and yet you couldn't stop watching because you wanted to make sure that Henry could be safe. Mm -hmm somehow so it it's what it's what a rapist wants he wants to control and then mm -hmm. after that it goes straight to Pazuzu touching yeah. cat and they're yeah. like you know playing with the hip bone and that's when Casey goes and's like I've got to like you know protect my sister I'm going to physically I'm going to get in this bed I'm going to be a shield between the two of you because seeing you know it's Angela's body but knowing it's Pazuzu but a mother touching their child like that and it's such an intimate and it's not a motherly touch it's very yeah. much like and, and that thing is like I'm also I've had everyone in this family yeah. now it's now my turn yeah. to play with you like you know I've been working yeah. my way through this family destroying them obsessing possessing them breaking them down and abusing them it's now Kat's turn and Casey knows something's coming for her sister and that's when she stops mm -hmm. being the victim yeah. and starts realizing that she's yeah, so much right. stronger than that right exactly exactly this uh you say not breathing and now i'm instantly thinking of this next scene where marcus then uh delivers a little bit of karma to a demon by also making him not breathe yeah. that was quite a weird connection basically the big water bathtub scene yeah. um that we have uh, i'm I mean, marcus i'm calling this scene. marcus kicking ass yeah. and taking name scene because that's uh, what he basically yeah. does with Bishop, um, brother, brother Simon. And, uh, I thought that was yeah. so cool because it harkens back to that old school, uh, the f coming here to fight uh, the true fight. He's got the water all blessed and he's got the salt going in there. And, and you know that, and he's also very angry, which again, I love, I love seeing, seeing Marcus getting a little, yeah. a little pissed off. It's kind of nice. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that man has so many shades of hot. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, soft, sad blanket, Marcus hot. Yeah. You know, I've been running around looking like a convict hot, leaning on filing cabinets hot. I'm going hot. to kick your ass hot. I'm having a really emotional moment hot. <laughs> and you're just like, oh. The many hotness levels. So I, I just, I loved it because it's just a good old classic, like, get at this bad guy scene uh, with, with, with yeah. everything that uh, Brother Simon has done, it is now his time to feel a little bit of pain. Um, so I don't know what 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 stuck out with you guys on this one. Just Marcus being hot, like you know, comes through the door. He's all like, and then goes full like you know, goes full Winchester. It's like I'm gonna salt and burn some demons, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, oh, and then yeah, and then oh, it's just so hot. And it is, and that Simon's is such a horrible, horrible thing. Deserves to have his face right. melted off. Especially since just before Marcus arrives, he's all like, mm, I'm going to lick some caviar <laughs> off my fingers and ponce about because I'm so amazing. And I've clearly already won, even though, like, you can tell he's very yeah. insecure. Because literally, he went from having to lick the boot of Pazuzu to going, well, I'm not really that unimportant. I'm better than that. And I've won. So gives himself a little pity party. And he's like, I'm having my little, like, my champagne and my caviar and my party in my, like, you know, dressing gown. And, he's like, and then, then, then Marcus comes in and goes, ha ha, punching you in the face. Like, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, absolutely. It really looks like, no, it's not true that I'm not an important. It's not true. I am the one who should kill the Pope. I am important. Yeah, yeah he's like a child <laughs> trying to convince himself yeah. that he was given the part of the tree in the in the show because yeah. the tree is very important, not because you don't know how to do anything else, so we make you do the tree so you don't cause a mess. <laughs> so, come on. I do like that they still keep a little bit of humor in this villain's voice because they, when he first, when Marcus first boots down the door, doesn't he say, I think I wrote it down, he says, some people would call that a very rude hello. Yeah. And then like Marcus gets it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, shit. I love that. I love that they... I've got to get a one-liner in. I've got to get a sassy one-liner. A sassy one-liner. I love that because he knows, <laughs> he knows Marcus is pissed off. <laughs> he's going to get a beat down. And then, and then after he gets oh, yeah. his beat down, he calls in his priests to then give Marcus in turn his beat down. Who, who are those priests? Do we even know yeah. who they were? They're just random... Red shirts, no, random. Yeah, red shirts. Yeah, yeah probably. It's just like they just kind of Pro call right. you for backup. Yeah, if you, if we want to to take a guess, we can say someone who was in Santa Quinas, because like uh, yeah, uh, is yeah. said, uh, it was the best way to find uh, followers. Mm -hmm. I mean, Santa Quinas. We finally find out that Santa Quinas is a place where. Uh, deviant deviant priests are sent so it, it's easy to imagine that they are easy to corrupt the guy i completely forgot about that line because they, they yeah. literally say that in this episode where it's like saint aquinas yeah. is the place where we're cultivating these potential demonic yeah. type of helpers and then yeah. run in exactly. all of these priests and callers so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i love can i just, can I just, can I just say just, that yeah. <laughs> hats off to the costuming department because they're like just to make sure you all know that these are the guys from saint aquinas here they are fully dressed <laughs> who runs around as henchmen of these demons fully dressed in priest collars <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. It was a good. It was a good touch. <laughs> so the Casey tries to get them out scene first. Oh yes, 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 that's true. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Casey's picking mm -hmm. up her mantle. Mm -hmm. She's being the hero. Wants to right. save her family. And they're about to like pack up and She's they get so cat and there. they're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they're like, okay, this is weird. Let's go. And then yeah, and then Susan's just there going, I think it's time for a family oh, meeting. And I'm like, oh, no, damn it, so close, <laughs> so close. Yeah. Damn. And we get. A lesson in theology. Yeah, aren't we all happy um, uh, about angels being the first of God's creation, yeah. and right. they were so beautiful and so perfect, and they right. were everything God could ever love. And then He got bored, mm -hmm. and uh, He created humanity. Mm -hmm. And you can see how petty Hazuzu is being, Ugh. because really, you think that God created humanity because he got bored, bored of how perfect you were right you sound really 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 like your boss because come on we all know why lucifer fell in truth so yeah. okay maybe try to think with your own head pazuzu and don't copy the big boss yeah yeah yeah, yeah. come on at least is the morning star you really are not in that moment we see 
another world is open in front of us and we realize demons are children. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. God, <laughs> how lucky are we? Right, right. And this is also, we also uh, finally get revealed the title of the episode, 162, which is revealed as that book where Tomas and Tara are in the room together and she hands him the book with a feather in it and on page 162 what was written in it that he that he sees it's like um it's the whole it's the line about um and that's when I knew that this entity was never going to give up that would always be after my my daughter and it would hunt her down right. until the end of time. Which makes me think like why would God so God relays that message through Henry to Tomas like look to page 162. Like why give him that clue instead of like Henry just writing out Pazuzu still around. Check it out. <laughs> like why why is it done like because God right? works in mysterious <laughs> ways. Not only that. Not not only that, you you need to work with your own mind or you are going to be like the demon blindly following Lucifer. Oh. You have to work with your own mind because I can give I gave you when I created you in my image, I gave you the potentiality to realize what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. So please use the yeah. mind I gave you. <laughs> And do something right in your life, please. So God, God's just a fan of puzzles. He's just like, here's a clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gave you everything to solve and fix this puzzle. Right. So do it, please. Do it. <laughs> um, do it, please. Just a quick shout out to Marcus being tied up at the end of this episode. Again, going back to the different levels oh. of Marcus's hotness. He's tied up. Yeah, just I called it Marcus in bondage, but it's not just being tied up. It's the fact he's lying there with one leg up, yeah. like showing off his crotch again, being all I'm tied up and I can't talk. But please, look at me. oh, draw me like one of your French girls. It's just like, yeah, exactly. It's I'm like... still the most beautiful thing you can see into this room. So please, yeah. look at me. And you poor demons can never have all yeah. this because you just don't get to have pleasure. Ha ha. So I'm going to just flaunt <laughs> it in front of you. There's something about him being tied up that's very much like, I would like to watch more of this. And I bless the writers and the directors in season two who gave us that from yeah. the opening episode where they're tied up, where both of them, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. I would have just a whole episode I... of this is great. <laughs> I really have one of those, like, like lady boners for whenever my favorite characters mm-hmm. get a little bit roughed up. Or get a bit tied up. I'm like, oh, he's been hurt. Poor him. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, yes. it's like, I feel... like, oh, oh, he's been punched, bleeding. Oh, <laughs> like, but yeah, I love it when my favorite characters are like, you know, just beat, tied up, bleeding. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'd be on the set. If I was like, if I was working the show, I'd be like on the set, like, oh, you poor thing, you're hurt so bad. And I would like have rope, like, <laughs> you poor thing, like somebody, <laughs> you, you need, we need to release him, tie him up, tie him up, tie him up. What more? We need more duct tape, duct tape. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this entire episode was... Did we just watch porn or did we actually watch the latest episode of The Exorcist? We have... This episode has everything. It has... It has tied up Marcus. It has porn horror elements. Leather. Leather. So check it out. Hashtag Save The Exorcist. I hope Ben Daniels never listens to this. 
Yeah. Well, let's do it. So we are entering our writer's room, and Zoe is going to kick us off to talk a little bit about all things Tomas. And I quote, get the hell away from them at the very end of this episode. Yes. The, the, the wonderfulness of this last scene and its use of music. Like, it has a really very interesting use of scoring. So it has the scoring that kind of builds up the sense of foreboding. But then as the scene gets increasingly, like, violent, the music kind of gets more passionate, raises tempo only slightly, but it kind of gives you this sense that the threat level of what's happening to this family is going up. And you know that there's, there's a tone and a sense of dread. And then as it gets more, like like violent and intense all the actions they introduce an extra um, instrument so first there's just kind of like piano violin then you hear there's like another sharper violin sound then there's kind of a more like like not drum but percussion sound and during the whole scene as it's escalating they add more instruments layered on top so when like punches like land and like when people are being like you know like throttled and stuff of all the, the powers that are going on you hear different instruments being added mm -hmm. to each one of those injuries so it slowly starts building up and you're just like this is a complete like sympathy of yeah. pain and chaos and it's a whole composed scored scene and it's just it's just really interesting when things like that happen it's like unless you like paying yeah. attention you wouldn't notice that all those different beats slowly kick in and as Pazuzu exerts itself, another instrument is added to the foray and you're just like, oh, they're layering this up. They're layering this up. And then like, you know, the crescendo happens and then Tomas comes in and it's all just like, the, the, it, that's the climax, not Pazuzu's orchestra. Tomas is orchestra. What's Tomas's orchestra? Is it like, does he have a trombone or? was <laughs> <laughs> just like, okay. He'd have something really sweet, like a triangle go, ding, yay, ding, 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 ding. But it's just like, yeah, I think the the, the best way to do it is like it's the absence, absence of right, a big musical right. interlude for Tomas because you know this is conducting. It's like you know, sympathy of symphony of pain, going, oh yeah, and I'm just gonna have some cutting cymbals and yeah. some like stabbing violins, and then Tomas is like, screw this right. opera, it's no good, we're out of here let's let's be quiet oh, now i love that the me. idea that you don't need all these bells and whistles and fireworks and everything god has just entered through tomas and yeah. thomas is here to shut it down and then maybe a tiny little chime Ding. <laughs> yeah Ding. because in truth he doesn't need anything else pazuzu needs all the the whole orchestra because he's not powerful enough after all he's just trying to hide his uh, insecurities with all his big words uh, talking about uh, going to reclaim the world and blah 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 in truth he is nothing he is like thin air in the end yeah. Tomas doesn't need oh no yeah Tomas doesn't need anything of that because he is just there because gods want him there so I think he got the real power Gaia, I what exactly you're saying, what Zoe's saying, it reminds me so well of the famous Shakespeare quote. And this is me just trying to sound really smart because I can think of one Shakespeare quote right now that resonates right here. Is when in Macbeth, isn't it Macbeth, where they say all the sound and fury 
signifying nothing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And that's a beautiful quote. Wow. Go, uh, Tina. Go, Tina. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. beautiful. You've brought it back from centipedes <laughs> to butterflies to now Shakespeare. Have like, I now proved myself? Yourself. Have I proven it? Like, I can. <laughs> I did one thing. I did a thing. <laughs> I can quote Shakespeare, kinda. It wasn't even the full quote. <laughs> I do want to make one shout out to one super fan <laughs> and go with me on this because it's technically <laughs> not a fan, but a creator. But he's in every single, like, fan group. So <laughs> I think he counts in our Exorcist congregation shout out. But particularly right now, as we're all, like, grieving, to see the notes of, like, we're still fighting from Sean Crouch, it, like, <laughs> for me, for me personally, yeah. it was, like, I was so, like, down on Friday. And then to see on Saturday morning or afternoon the, the notes being passed around virally of, like, no, they're still fighting. They haven't given up. The show is not over yet. Uh, particularly from Sean Crouch talking about yeah. how they're going to continue doing this. That's I just want to make sure <laughs> to do a shout out there because that that made me feel really good. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Sean. Thank you. Um, thank you. And the entire Exorcist congregation, everybody out there that's on Twitter and Tumblr, and it's, there's there's hundreds, thousands. Everybody out there is doing so much to try to keep keep this show alive so thank you everybody if we could name everybody right now we would but we can't because there's so many of you and, uh, yeah so i would like to a thing that i think that the fandom could do is if everyone who's watching the exorcist does something like use the stardust app where you put those 30 second reviews oh, yeah, up yeah, yeah. and because the more reviews for the exorcist that exist out there and like it's it's just another platform that's it's quite a new platform and it's just another source that like will be up and coming i think in the next year or two the more people sign up for stardust but the simple thing about that is the fact that you can review it each episode it's literally 30 seconds i really like this episode it was really good the show's amazing five out of five stars and then it goes off into the ether to promote it mm -hmm. with a link to the show kind of thing it's, it's, an, it's just another platform that if you want to get your voice and your opinions and get more people more interested in the exorcist to use that one i'm on it doing little mini reviews and it's just fun and so, it's so easy to use as well and you don't have to film yourself you could just turn the camera around so you can have it pointing at a picture of marcus and you know yeah be like watch this it's amazing yeah so check it out get on the stardust app it, i just downloaded it it's super easy zoe taught me how to do it it's really it's really cool so promote it through any means possible and Stardust is a great way to do that. Well, anything, any lasting thoughts before we close out this record-breaking episode, which is like the longest we've ever done ever? <laughs> Appropriately yes. so. Appropriately so. It should cool. be. Oh, that, that, thank you to Ben Daniels for those extra behind-the-scene photos yeah. that he'd been keeping hold of. And we're like, more beautiful pictures. Right. Yes, you're yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And, and Jason Ensler, too, did a few on his Twitter and his Instagram. So if you're not following Jason Ensler, who is on the show, he also shared some good behind the scenes. Check him out, too. Um, and, yeah, keep fighting. We haven't yeah. lost the war, guys. Just the battle. The yeah, indeed. So we're done. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We did it. Yay. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Woo!